Welcome home, everyone. Thank you for joining in on this episode of Welcome Home with the Katinas. Welcome Home is a podcast where I, your host Josh, sit down for a conversation with different people who I admire and discuss whatever is on their mind and especially focus on life at home in times like this. Wherever you are and however you're listening, thank you for your support. And once again, welcome home. And we're live here for the Welcome Home podcast. I think this is episode 11. Um, and this episode is the first one we're recording in my new home. Uh, I've moved out of the apartment and my fiance has moved into uh, a house now. And so she lets me come over here to work during the day. Um, but for my first guest, uh, in the new studio, if you will, I have a very important person in my life, someone that, uh, I've grown up with and I'm excited to have him here today. So I'd like to welcome my cousin, Mr. Zion Katina. Zion, thanks for being here today, man. Dude, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm excited. I've been able to finally get down here and do this. Yeah. Um, I've been listening to all the other episodes and I know we've talked about doing one so i'm just glad we can finally make it happen yeah you were uh you were one of the first guys that i would send uh any episode to because i know that you're into podcasts and um you so i will get into it later i'm sure but you live you don't live here in franklin full time right um so good to have someone a little farther away from everything that i could send it to um to just hear your feedback so i'm glad you're here I want to just give you a chance real quick to introduce yourself to people listening who may not know who you are. Sure. Yeah. So uh, like Josh said, my name is Zion. Um, I'm John's oldest son um, of five boys. So um, I go to school in Georgia at Kennesaw State University and uh, I play football there. And um, yeah, happy to be here. What are you studying at Kennesaw State? Uh, sports management. Nice. Yeah. And what position do you play on the football team? Offensive tackle. Nice. So right. you're one of the few hardworking guys on the team. We, we try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, so, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Some gritty work, yeah. Awesome, man. Well, again, I'm really excited to have you here. And, um, you know, I'm sure you've listened to – well, I know you've listen, been listening to some of the episodes. And so you know how they go. I have – uh, some questions that I like to ask my guests. Mm-hmm. Um, the first two are things that I'm interested in, and then the third one is more about uh, more w- about you. So right. we'll get there when we get there. But for question number one, so uh, I I wanted to pick like a a question where you can kind of take it wherever you wanted to go. So yeah. um, it's a little open ended. So if you need time to think about it, that's fine. But it's it's this. I know that. Well, me, myself, I'm intrigued by conspiracy theories. Yeah. And I know that you are as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so my question is, of any conspiracy you've ever, conspiracy theory you've ever heard of, uh-huh. which one do you think has the best chance of being true and why? Oh, man. that That is a good question. Best chance of being true? Um I don't know. There's there's a lot out there, obviously, and I think most conspiracy theories they can be true to you if you really want them to be, mm. and if, if you look hard enough, yeah. you'll you can find pretty much anything. I think if you look hard enough, but um, if I had to guess, 
one that was most likely to be true. One that I I probably wouldn't have thought so as much maybe like five years ago, but I feel like more recently I, I would have to say maybe aliens. Yeah. Aliens existing. Just uh, the fact that they exist. Yeah. yeah. Just with all the the stuff that we've now been given apparently by what was it like the navy that uh, put out those clips stuff. yeah there's some uh, i think some stuff from the cia has come out yeah just i mean you know they didn't come out and say like hey these are like alien spaceships but they're like these are things that we don't know what yeah. they are what's weird to around. me what's weird to me about that is so that news came out last year in 2020 right. yeah and like I feel like no one really cared. Like I don't, I yeah. didn't see it on the news. I, rem- much I remember, um, whenever it first broke out, I remember like for maybe like maybe a week on Twitter, like people were talking about it a lot. But then after that, it was just kind of just kind of died off. And I know obviously last year was probably the craziest year yeah. in our lifetime. Definitely, uh, there was a lot going on. Um, but yeah, that. I didn't really think about that, but yeah, I think I agree with you. I used to always think like, okay, if aliens, if somehow news came out that aliens were real, like the world would go insane. So I think maybe it's better if, like, if the government knows, maybe it's better if they don't share it with us. But then last year there was stuff. I mean, there's probably people listening who don't even know what we're talking about. Yeah, but. Uh, they didn't show definitive proof that aliens exist, but yeah. they did recognize that there's things flying around in the air that we have no explanation for. So, right. But like, I feel like maybe, maybe life has gotten so crazy, especially over this past year that maybe we're ready for it. I don't know. Yeah. But, I don't I think if like, if aliens showed up tomorrow, like we, like they were in the sky flying uh-huh. around and we knew it was aliens. I think we would be, freaking out a little bit but with the information we have now i think i feel like we're in like a time where everyone is super skeptical about everything yeah so we need to have like a hundred percent proof otherwise we'll just be like nah. yeah i could also see like what i think probably would happen is if if say the government or someone came out with proof that aliens were real there would probably be a, a huge group of people that would say, "Oh no, they're lying. They're they're trying yeah. to distract us from something yeah, else." Or, yeah, I don't know. But no, I, I I agree. I think you're you're never gonna be able to to not satisfy everyone. You're not gonna be able to convince everyone. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much that can just be diverted another way yeah. or um, understood differently. But no, I I agree. Yeah, I wasn't. So I wasn't planning on this but this is like the third time aliens have come up on the podcast (laughs) people think are gonna think this is an aliens podcast uh i'll ask you this um do you say let's say for the sake of argument that aliens do exist Mm -hmm. um do you think what do you think they think of earth like do you think they think we're good Do do they think we're evil or are they indifferent to us do you think I don't know. I, I would... So, I'm assuming... So, yeah, let's say they're real. I feel like you'd have to assume that they're way further ahead of us, at least technologically, yeah. that they were able to, yeah, to get sure. here. Yeah, sure, yeah. Um, what they would think of us... 
I don't know. I feel like it would just be dependent upon what their reality is. Mm -hmm. Cause maybe they live their like hypothetical world is similar to ours or maybe their world's like not perfect, but maybe like they don't have like, you know, wars and you know, people going hungry and stuff like maybe it's just dependent on whatever their reality is. Yeah. There's this, uh, there's this old like story that Neil deGrasse Tyson, I heard him talk about one time and he was talking about how like the difference between us, us being humans and chimpanzees Mm -hmm. genetically is like 1%. Jeez. And, so basically what he's saying, what his argument was, is that what if there was some being that was 1% more intelligent than us? Hmm. They would see us like the same way that we see chimpanzees. Dang. And like, I, I've, like chimpanzees are very, like maybe the smartest animals on the earth besides us. Yeah. But like we're light years ahead of them yeah. in, in intelligence. Yeah. So just 1%, I think about like if there were aliens, what if they're 1% smarter than us? Or what if they're... Dang. 20% smarter than us like that would be like us to like a worm or yeah, something like that I don't that, know it's just funny to think about that we think we often think that we're really like we're brilliant and geniuses which there are geniuses on earth but yeah uh it doesn't take much to be smarter than us just one percent right. change in DNA so yeah so that, that is wild to think about, about. yeah I I hadn't heard that before but that that would be wild. Yeah, so just... it's it's fun to think about. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna move on from aliens because I feel like we spent a lot of time <laughs> on the podcast talking about aliens. Uh, so, question number two, then. Uh huh. Um, you and I both share a love for hip hop music. Uh huh. And I think you probably thought I would ask you something. Maybe you didn't, but I had to ask you about it. And right. so. I wanted to ask you something about rap, and I didn't want to do like the typical like who's the greatest of all time, yeah. or who's your top ten. And so, uh, I was thinking about it, and this is what I have come to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of a two part question. Okay. Uh, so the first part of the question is this: What is do you think is the greatest rap beef of all time? Ra- one rapper versus another. Uh huh. Um, and then number two, what is a rap beef that has never happened that you think would be incredible? Like it's a, one that hasn't happened that you wish would. Yeah. Okay. So for the first one, it's hard. I feel like the only like rap beefs that like I grew up around was Drake and... Pusha T slash like Meek Mill uh-huh. when Drake was going back with those guys. Um, and then I kind of like Eminem and Machine Gun Kelly. Uh-huh. Um, I enjoyed the, the Drake Pusha T one. Yeah. I know that like a while, obviously there was like Tupac and Biggie and there was uh, like Jay-Z and Nas yeah. and the game at 50. Yeah. Um, which were all like pretty popular, uh-huh. if I, I guess you'd say, uh, beefs. I guess for me growing up, I, I'd probably say Drake and Pusha T. Drake and Pusha, yeah. yeah. I think, I think that there was like a, 
I don't know, cause I, I'm we're close to the same age, so like I always heard of the the Pac and Biggie beef, but mm-hmm. I they were passed on before right. I was born, and then like Jay Z and Nas was another one that I always heard about, but I wasn't like actively listening to rap music when it was happening. Yeah, um, like the verses that came out, like Takeover and Ether, I yeah. love both. Like those songs are like iconic songs, but. Yeah, I was if if I had to pick one that like happened in my lifetime, I would probably say Drake and Meek just because like well, I feel like there was like an like a gap and maybe it's just because I wasn't super into the culture at one point, but mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of like serious rap beefs. Like I don't feel like there were before the before Drake, Drake and Meek. Meek. Like yeah. Drake and Meek was like the first one where I was like in hip hop and Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, these guys yeah. are... And Meek came with a pretty heavy accusation. Yeah, well, and yeah, at that time too, I was like, not, I was not the biggest Drake fan at the time. Things have changed now. I, yeah. I do, uh, I appreciate Drake for what he is now. Mm-hmm. But like, I felt, I was like a like a hip hop purist at that point. Yeah. So I was like, oh, Drake, I get Meek Mill's so much better. Yeah, but like, yeah. Yeah, so Meek dropped. I forget what the name of the first, uh, like diss was, but and he accused Drake of not writing his own lyrics. Yeah, which was shocking to a lot of people. And yeah, it like it basically is true at some level. But, yeah, um, yeah, the Drake and Meek one was like, I remember being at my auntie Pele's house mm-hmm. when it happened. I was watching her dog Lucky. And the the links came out, and I was listening to the, to the diss songs, and like, I don't know, I was just really excited about like rap at that point in yeah. my life. So, and uh, that's one thing that I think, uh, like maybe people who aren't fans of hip hop or are just casual fans may not understand. And to be honest, it's not even something I could say I fully understand. But like, the 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 competitive nature of hip-hop is Mm -hmm. a unique part of that genre of music like i've never heard of like country artists writing diss songs to each other right yeah uh i don't know and so hip-hop there is like an it it came from competition and so i feel like that in in some ways one of the purest forms of rap music um but yeah and then the drake pusher thing happened and yeah that was more recent that was like I was probably I'm gonna say what, that was like 2017, 2018. Yeah. Do you remember where you were when you heard uh, the the big one was when Pusha dropped the story of Adonis? Yeah, yeah. Adon, whatever Adi it was. Don. I think yeah. he messed his name up. I do, I do. I um, because what started was Pusha T dropped the the song Infrared on uh-huh. his Daytime album. album. Yeah, where he talked about Drake. You know, yeah. not writing his own lyrics and then drake responded with duppy freestyle the duppy freestyle yeah. coming at him and kanye yeah. and then i remember when Pusha dropped the story of added on or whatever it's called um i was at my my buddy drew's house uh and all all this stuff happened like in it was like Pusha dropped this. Drake responded yeah. like after two days, and then like a day or two later, Pusha T responded again. Um, I was at my friend Drew's house, and we listened to it, and it was like, oh my gosh, 
Drake's got this hidden child yeah. that nobody <laughs> knew about. Yeah, it was like when, it, like looking back on it, it's like kind of weird to think that that was like a like a diss to Drake, but it was just like we felt like the the curtain was being moved aside and yeah. we could see behind because Drake is such like a kind of a mythic uh, uh, person in, yeah. in rap. Like he's he's easily one of the biggest artists in the yeah. world right now and so absolutely yeah when push a t released that and if you if you're not up to speed on it don't worry it's probably you probably don't care anyway yeah. But, um yeah i do i do remember those were some good times and i think it's funny that like drake is kind of has this reputation of like maybe being one of the softer guys in rap or whatever but yeah he has gotten involved in like two of the biggest beefs in yeah in recent memory for hip hop. I think and that's funny. Th- I will say though, they're not. I don't think they're. They weren't his fault. He was never like the first guy to come out. No. Which I I don't think he probably ever would have. Yeah. If he hadn't had someone come at him first, but yeah, that is. I I would agree. I think he is, or he used to be kind of viewed that way. Yeah, I don't. I think he still kind of is not as as much as maybe back when it was like take care and. What? Well, yeah. Why do you think Drake has that like stereotype or whatever it is about him? Um, I don't. I feel like I feel like he is one of the the few rappers, if you will, that are also like they're singing and yeah. like making like I don't know if I call them like emotional, but like you know, like love songs and yeah. I wouldn't say I, I, he was one of the first because I feel like a it's, lot it, of it trends. I, th- I think it definitely trends that way now, but like, and I give credit to Drake for that because yeah. Drake, like he mixed the whole singing and rapping thing. And I'm sure there were people who were doing it before him, but he put it on mainstream. And that's one of the things that when, when like I'll be talking about hip hop with people and some like people who are really into hip hop, a lot of times like to hate on Drake Yeah, and I get it. But at the same time, you got to give credit where credit is due because he figured out a way to change rap music in a way that like, there's people who listen to Drake that would never listen to rap. I, yeah. I really think that, and he's like moved the genre into, uh, new areas. And so whatever you think about drake's music that's one thing but like the numbers don't lie he yeah no i i I used to be that well i still kind of am i'm not i used to be like a big like drake hater i still listen to all of it every time he releases music i still listen to it um but dude he just he just cranks out hit after hit definitely like no one makes as many hits as he does consistently like not in recent memory yeah no so yeah i i I respect him for that because like whether he writes his own music or someone else does it like regardless like he he cranks them out yeah um so part two yeah a beef that has not happened that you think would be amazing what i think would be amazing but i would never actually want to happen with it'd have to be Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole yeah. for me. How come? Um, so one, those are like my two, my top two favorite rappers. Uh-huh. Uh, I think they're undoubtedly the top two in the game right now for the past decade, at yeah. least. Um, 
And it, I just feel like it would be a crazy, crazy beef if yeah. it ever happened. And I feel like there'd be a lot of awesome songs to come out of yeah. that. But just because they're like my two favorite guys, I, I would, ho- I would never want to have to pick a side. Yeah, neither, neither of those guys. I mean, J Cole had his little thing with Lil Pump like a few yeah. years ago, but that wasn't a real thing. And uh, as far as I know, like I don't know of any like. Uh, Kendrick Lamar beefs, uh, at least not since no. he's been like a mainstream artist. Yeah, there was like, I feel like when the Heart Part 4 came out, there was like some subliminal lines. Like he was talking down to somebody, but, and everyone had theories of who he yeah, was talking to. Yeah, people said it was Drake. <laughs> I heard <laughs> people, was, I heard it was, it was Drake and it was Big Sean. Cause uh, then there yeah, was also yeah, some yeah. stuff that Big Sean was saying, trying to clear, like clarify that like, it wasn't him or that he wasn't involved or whatever. But I feel like I remember the story was that big Sean was offended by the control verse when Kendrick put that verse on, on his song. Oh yeah. Cause that people forget control was actually a big Sean song. Yeah. But that verse, but took no, it, no one like, remembers big Sean's the part. biggest verses in rap in probably the last 10 years. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that was before like, I mean, that was probably right at the start of Kendrick's, like, ascension. Because it was before... Yeah, it was like... I I felt like Kendrick... Like, people who were really into rap music, like, they knew uh, this Kendrick Lamar guy is, like, the real deal. Yeah. But... Uh, he had a kind of his coming yet. out party, yeah. And then, I want to say, To Pimp a Butterfly came out shortly after that. Yeah. Or maybe... Or no, it was Good Kid, Mad City. Was it right before? It was right after Good Kid, Mad City. It was City. before or after. It was like 2012. Yeah. Which was Good Kid, Mad City. So okay. it was either right before was that right or right after there. that. Yeah. yeah, that was right when Kendrick, like, he Took had off. arrived. That yeah. Was but yeah, Kendrick and J. Cole would be a... Um, I agree. That would be, There would be some amazing music that would come out of that. Uh, we're, so we're recording this episode on May 10th. Mm-hmm. 2021 it's gonna come out later but a few days from now this friday j cole's actually releasing his new album the off season yeah and i know you've watched the he just released like a, a little like documentary a mini doc, yeah. yeah mini doc on youtube you've seen it yeah i watched it earlier what'd you think about it i'm excited yeah yeah i, I was really inspired by it because uh i think that j cole like he touches on something that uh it seems like it probably doesn't need to be said, but like when you hear it, it it resonates. And it's that like he talked about how he had to like schedule his time when it came to making music. Yeah. And like be really intentional, intentional about like um, dedicating and giving effort to his music every single day. And I think about that for like and just anyone in general, anything that you care about, like. Sometimes we can sit around and 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 just wait for inspiration, yeah, right. and uh, it may never come. And but what I think Jay Cole was talking about is like he was facing that as well. And it's amazing to hear that because someone who puts out such great music and to yeah. know that like he has a hard time getting inspired yeah. is 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 crazy. But he pushes through it just by working and d- like every day dedicating hours to to what he does. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah, whenever I was watching it, another thing that kind of 
the I guess I I knew, but I didn't really realize when it not just hip hop, but I feel like music in general is like it's hard to one make it in music, but then two like stay in it, mm. like stay relevant for as long as him or Drake or Kendrick Lamar have. Because I feel like with like today's um, musicians like that are popular, like the people that you know, like, uh, like my teammates listen to, or like my friends listen to like Lil Uzi or like Playboy Cardi or whatever, like they all pop and like Lil Pump, like they all pop for a little bit, but then they kind of just kind of fizzle out. Um, and that was one thing he, he talked about in that little doc was like, you reach a crossroads where like your favorite, you like, you know, your favorite rapper reaches a point where it's like, okay, I, I did what I set out to do. Uh, am I just gonna? Am I just done? Like, am I just gonna be complacent, or like, can I keep taking it up? Yeah, another level, which got me excited because he's really good already. Yeah, so I can only <laughs> imagine where this next album is gonna gonna take. We'll him. find out on Friday, man. We'll I'm find excited. out Friday. I'm sure, I'll yeah. be calling you after I listen to it. Absolutely. Um, Awesome, man. Well, thanks for those answers. I'll yeah. move on to our third question. Um, and I know you've heard it before. And mm-hmm. this is what this podcast is about. So you can answer it however you want to. And uh, I'll let you lead the conversation. And so your question is this. What's going on at home? <sighs> What's going on at home? Man, I'm just enjoying my time off from school, obviously. But... uh football too um you know this and if anyone who's listening has any uh history of collegiate sports or knows someone that's involved it's it's pretty tiring uh it's year round no matter when your actual season is um so i i got done with school uh at the beginning of this month i think april 2nd was my last day so I came home, and then I have to report back on June 1st for summer training. So I just get a quick month off, just enjoying my time at home, um, working a little bit, trying to get a little money um, just for the summer, just enjoying being back with my brothers, my parents, and yeah, like you, E, and Jack, yeah. and just getting to see everyone, see my friends. Um yeah, it's just these these breaks that I have, which is like now and then the one I'll have like a month off, like for winter break. Mm-hmm. They feel like they feel really long. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. And it's awesome. Uh, I love those those breaks I get to have. Uh, just being able to hang with everybody again and just be around everyone. Yeah. So you just finished your was it your third year of school or your second? My third year. Third year of school. So you're three years into college, being a, a student athlete. Um, one thing about one of the things that's unique about your college experience compared to to mine is that you're you went not having like you knew nobody at Kennesaw State, right? Yeah. Besides, like the football team, yeah. obviously, but yeah. Like I went down there with my cousin Jackson, and then yeah. Dylan ended up coming a, a little later. And right. um, but you didn't have that. And so mm-hmm. my question for you is: 
three years in now, um, like, was there ever a sense of like isolation or loneliness for you? And if so, like, has it changed at all after three years? Yeah. Um, isolation, I would definitely say yes. Uh, loneliness kind of in a sense, um, I so basically my entire freshman year outside of like the football team I I didn't have any friends mm. and that wasn't like a uh like you know I'm like awkward like I it wasn't like I couldn't make friends I yeah. just I just didn't and I was fine with that uh something that I I think I take after my mom uh I'm I'm good and solo scenarios uh-huh. like i could be by myself like you know and i'll be okay yeah um so like that that whole my whole freshman year um like i had i had friends on the team but i didn't really hang out with them that much anyway um and then outside of that i didn't i didn't really know anybody. i just i went to class went to practice chilled in my room and i was completely okay with it yeah um, since then, um, going into my second year, we had a kid transfer onto the team mm-hmm. who I became really good friends with. And then through him, I got closer with two other guys on the team. And then through them, met um, like three other uh, people that used to play soccer. Okay. And so now that's like, I have like a small group of like, six seven friends yeah who i'm tight with and hang out with a lot and then also just naturally throughout the course of three years i've just gotten a lot closer with um some of my teammates so yeah it's it's different now um i love i love the group of friends i have now um but i wasn't like dying my freshman year it was it was different because you know back here i had my brothers, I had you guys, and I had a lot of friends here too. Yeah. So it was different, but uh, I think I handled it well for the most part. Yeah. Have you? Um, have you? I found this. Have you found that now that you've been in school for three years and you've spent the majority of the past three years down in Kennesaw, like, do you find that when you come back to Franklin, your perspective on Franklin has changed since before? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's definitely, I, I feel like most schools that you go to, out of whatever state you live in, it's going to be, it's going to change your perspective a little bit. Um, the Kennesaw area is really close to Atlanta. It's probably like 30, 40 minutes north of Atlanta. Uh, it's a really diverse area. And it's just not as diverse here in, in Franklin. Yeah. Um, which isn't a bad thing, but it was just, it was different. Um, so that was something that I, I'm really glad that I've gone to experience. Um, the weather is the same. Yeah. It's just like, it's just like Tennessee. One day it'll be really hot. The next day it'll be like 40. Um, but yeah, I like I like it a lot. It it does kind of remind me of uh, the Williamson County area, just in terms of like 
um, like what's around, just like the environment. Um, Atlanta's a lot of fun, just like Nashville. It's a little bit, it's a little more to do. It's a little bigger, but yeah, um, yeah it's 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 a little different. But it, it was also close enough to home to where like I didn't feel like overwhelmed. Yeah. Like oh, I don't know how I'm gonna handle all this. Yeah. I was just wondering because. Yeah, because I definitely experienced, like, leaving home um, and living in, like, a new city that I've never been in before and not really knowing that many people there. When I came when I came back home to visit for whatever reason, I found myself, like, very thankful and realizing that there were things that I took for granted about, like, mainly just being closer close to my family and... Uh, like I've experienced that now after I graduated and living here in Franklin, I've been back in Franklin for over a year now. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one of the, probably the thing that I like the most about Franklin is just that I'm close to my family. Um, definitely. So yeah, I know what that feels like to like be far, like have some distance yeah. between them and, it's not like it's not something you can't overcome, but it's definitely right. an adjustment that yeah. everyone has to make. And I like it's probably the adjustment's probably easier for some people than others. I think because I have such a close relationship with my family, mm-hmm. that adjustment was probably harder for me than it would have been for someone who maybe, for whatever reason, they're not as close with their families and they might enjoy being enjoy having some distance. Yeah, um, it was. I would say it was. So whenever I first uh, left for college, which was the summer of 2018, that was right when my parents had just gotten divorced. Mm -hmm. So that whole first year, it was kind of nice to like have some some distance. Yeah. Um, And of course, there were there were times where like you know I felt homesick or I I wanted to come home or whatever, but. I I remember thinking a lot like throughout that first year where I was kind of was like this is good to just kind of just be on my own yeah. and kind of figure this whole thing out. Yeah, I think with so again I don't know from firsthand experience what it's like to be in a family that's going through divorce, but for 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 a lot of people that I knew growing up with the, growing up with divorced parents their parents had split up when they were young. Um, but that was, a, you were like a senior in high school when that yeah. happened. Yeah. So, I mean, what's that like? Because obviously like your senior year in high school is a really like whirlwind of a year for people. And like you were deciding where you were going to go to school, yeah. where you're going to play football, you know, trying to graduate. And then on top of that, your family was going through something one of the most difficult things a family could go through yeah like how did how did you balance like all of those challenges along with uh, what your family was going through um yeah it was it was definitely different um it was it wasn't easy but at that point like it had kind of been going on like my, my parents separated the year before so my junior year was probably really the hardest in terms of balancing with that by the time I was a senior um when when they finalized the divorce it wasn't like we had basically already gotten into a mode of 
uh, dealing with everything. And yeah, it was, I mean, it sucked, obviously, but um, both my parents, I feel like, have handled the, the situation very well. Um, they're both very involved in every, all of our lives. Um, and it was, it was, I mean, kind of like most things that not just me, but really any of us in our family have dealt with, I feel like it's been easier just having the support system that we do. Cause like, obviously during all that, uh, like I had you and I had Eli and then Jackson and Dylan, who had a similar experience, yeah. I was able to talk uh, with them too. So, yeah, it was tough, but I never felt like, oh, like this is like the end of, you know, yeah, whatever. Did you, did you ever have like, a, was there ever a moment when you guys were going through that where it like became real to you? Like, wow, my, my parents aren't together anymore. Or was it just kind of like, did it just kind of all happen and then you were... Like, what was there a moment? I guess I should stick with yeah, that question. Yeah. Um, I don't think there was. Uh, I'm because I'm trying to think about it as you were asking that, and I, I can't really think of it. I think as it all just kind of started going down, like, I feel like no one really had time to like sit and think about it. It was yeah. just like, okay, well, how are we gonna? adjust to this that and whatever because you know i mean there's five kids everyone's in sports we're busy all the time um and like i it definitely like slowed things down a little bit but uh at least for me i feel like i i I don't think i'd say there was a moment i think it was just kind of like all right this is how it is now like how are we gonna do whatever I think about, you know, with you, so one thing that you and I have in common is that we're both first born, Mm -hmm. and um, there is something about being first born that I think is probably hard to understand if you're not, Yeah, and it's just like a, in my experience, there is a certain sense of responsibility that you have for your family, and especially your younger siblings, Yeah, Um, and a lot of that... I don't know. It probably varies from family to family, but I feel like a lot of that is we put that on ourselves. Like no one else, no one really put that on me. Yeah. Um, but I felt it growing up and I, I'm assuming you probably did too at some level. Definitely. When, um, like when it comes to your younger brothers, um, how do you feel like as a firstborn, you've been able to, I guess, lead or, or, or help them in any way. Yeah. It's, um, it's stuff. It's a weird balance. Cause I feel like a lot of the times I find myself in a place where I'm, I want to be like their brother mm-hmm. and you know, whatever. But then also I feel like sometimes I have to almost be like a third parent, mm-hmm. like, not like, you know, telling them what to do, but I feel like sometimes I'm trying to balance, like, giving them, like, advice and, like, trying to help them along the way, but also, like, not stepping on their toes and, yeah. like, just being a supportive brother. So, like, you know, I've, we've all made mistakes, like, I've made mistakes growing up yeah. and they're, 
some of them have made the same mistakes mm-hmm. and I've some of some of the times you know I've, I've tried to you know kind of step in and be like hey like it's not not the move and then yeah. sometimes it's just kind of like I just kind of have to sit by and watch yeah. uh it's it's a weird it's a weird balance uh just especially with the way like our lives have been the past like five years but uh I mean, I I enjoy being the firstborn, uh, but there is, like you said, just kind of a something that no one puts it on you, but you just kind of feel like it's something yeah. you have to do. Well, I think part of it too is that, like, so you're the firstborn, you're the first child that your parents have ever raised. Mm-hmm. So, like, everything that they're doing when they're raising you, they're doing it for the first, first time. time. Yeah. So they probably like my, at least my parents have admitted to me that they made a lot more mistakes with me than they did with Eli. And it's just because they never done it before. Yeah. So, yeah. I think firstborns kind of set the tone for the rest of the family yeah. when it comes to the dynamic between the parent and the child. But, right. Um, so I'll move on a little bit. So you just finished your third year of school. Yeah. You're going into your fourth and I'm trying to think back to when I was where you're at and like, I think I was, when I was where you were, I was starting to think about like, okay, what am I going to do after I graduate? Yeah. Like, I've never not been in school before. Am yeah. I going to go to grad school? Like, I started having those questions. Yeah. I'll just be honest. Like, once you start having those questions, they just start happening more and more and more. Yeah. And so. My question for you is: Have you started? Have you started thinking about that, and and where are you at with that? I I have. I it's funny. I actually had a conversation with Eli, um, probably sometime within the last month. I know I was still at school, but I, I remember I, I was Facetiming him one night, talking about whatever, and somehow we kind of got to this topic, and he was like, "So like, do you know like what you're gonna do?" And, and I was like, no, I don't. And I guess I, I hadn't really been asking myself like those questions yet. All I knew was that I didn't know yeah. what what I was going to do. And so Eli actually, when we were talking, then I was like, well, not to like put pressure on you, but like it probably wouldn't be a bad idea to like start asking those questions or just start thinking about like, you know, what are you into? Like what? what is something that you would want to do after school. Um, So I actually have been uh, trying to ask myself those questions. I'm still not really sure. Um, When I I went into school, uh, I didn't go in, like, with a declared major. My first, like, two or three semesters, I I didn't have a major. And then eventually there they were like, okay, like you have to pick one now. And if yeah. you don't like it, you know, we can switch or whatever, but you, you have to pick uh-huh. one now. So I, I just went with sports management because um, the only things that I've really been interested in growing up were sports and, and music. And uh, so, I, and I was there for sports, obviously. So uh, I went with sports management and I've, I've actually, I have enjoyed it uh, so far. Um, Plus, it's probably too late to switch now anyway. Yeah. But um, it's it's definitely a lot more. Uh, there's a lot more to like the sports industry, and I think people know that. But like once you actually like know like all the stuff like 
that goes into it. Yeah. It's it's crazy to think about how much manpower is put into sports yeah. outside of just people actually playing. Yeah, I think um, so. Obviously, one of the questions that I started asking myself was, "How am I going to make money yeah. after I graduate?" and um, like money's a really important thing right it's it's not the most important thing but But it is an important thing and if you try and deny that then uh you need to get on the train yeah yeah but anyways um i i i think back to this uh because like a lot of times i always hear like you need to if you if you love what you do you'll never work a day in your life yeah that's like a a common uh quote that we everyone's heard that yeah definitely i think that's probably true um but the reality is is that there's a lot of people in the world that work jobs that they don't love yeah but they gotta eat and i think about that like my current job right now i'm very thankful for my job Mm -hmm. and um it's a good job right and but I wouldn't say it's something I'm passionate about. Like, yeah. I don't wake up every morning excited to go to work. Right. So that's just me being honest. And yeah. I hope there's no one from my job that listens <laughs> to this. But uh, that's just the truth. And But I think back to this, uh, this, this college professor that I had. His name was Dr. Brewer. And he told us this story. He was like a younger professor. Right. And he was telling my class this story about he spent time... Uh, he got his doctorate studying in Germany hmm. and or Germany or somewhere in Europe. I forget yeah. where it was. But anyways, he told us a story about he took this girl out on a date, our first date. And uh, he was just trying to like create first date conversation. And so mm-hmm. he asked her, so what do you do? And she said something like, well, uh, I go hiking. I like to paint. I uh, love my dogs. Yeah. And and he was a little confused. He said, no, well, I meant like, yeah. what do you do for a living? Yeah. And she said to him, well, well, then why didn't you just ask me what my job was? And he said, it, it hit him when she said that, that uh, whatever country he was in, it was not a country where... Um, whatever your dreams are, you can just go chase after. Yeah. Your, where she grew up and in that culture that he was in, uh, your job and what you love, they didn't... They're not they're, correlated. They weren't even supposed to. It was just like, you have your job for money. Yeah. And then you have your passions outside of your job. Right. And I think one thing about living in America that's different is that um, and that I think people probably take for granted because we don't realize, we often don't realize that it's not like this everywhere. Yeah. But in America, you do have the freedom to pursue whatever it is that you love. Right. And hopefully make a career out of it yeah. if you can. And so I thought that was a really interesting perspective that there's lots of, like, probably the majority of the world, like their job and how they make money, that's not what they do. That's yeah. not what they like. That. And, um, but all that going back to you is like, so you're getting ready to graduate. You're going to have your college degree. There is a chance that your first job is going to be something that you don't necessarily love. Right. 
um, knowing that that's a, a possibility, like, do you see yourself um, being satisfied with like, well, if I get a good job that pays me well, but I don't really like it, would, do you think you would stick with it? Or do you think there's something in you that you care enough about to where like, I'm going to, you're going to give your, your energy towards that and live and die by that dream? Not necessarily. I, off the top, there's not one thing that like, I really, 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 really want to do. Yeah. Um, I think there's, there's a few things, uh, that, you know, if it works out that way, that'd be great. Yeah. And if not, it's not going to be the end of the world. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if I'm stuck working a job that it's not my favorite, but it pays well, I think I'll be able to manage with that. Um, which, you know, everybody's different. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I would say, so I'm glad that you gave that answer because that's what my answer was when I was in your position. Um, and I think my answer has changed. I think, you know, so I'm 24. I turn 25 years old next month. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not trying to tell you what to do. Here. No. <laughs> I'm just telling you my perspective. Right, so right. I've been working at a job now since last March that it's not something I'm passionate about, but yeah. it does pay me well. I'm able to live in this house that you're in now right. because of that job and because Alexis works a good job. And um, But when the reality of working 40 hours a week sets in, yeah, and like Monday through Friday, I'm set, like I'm at this desk doing this. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get paid for it, but that's what I have to do if I want to keep getting paid. Yeah. Uh, and again, this is just my perspective. It it can change and there's not a right or wrong way to look at it. Right. For me, like I can't see myself doing this until I'm 65. Yeah. And that's the reality for a lot of people. I, I thought it was interesting there, uh, back in March, a guy that I work with, He's been working at the company that I'm at for over 30 years, Mm -hmm. and he retired in March. And uh, I remember hearing that, like, some of the... Because the offices have been closed for over a year now because of COVID, but they had, like, a socially distanced, like, retirement party at the office for him and, like, some of the other people that uh, have been working with him for a long time. And I remember asking him, so what'd you guys do? And they said, well, uh, we had some, some cake. And I was thinking, like, man, 30 years of working at this company. Yeah. And you get one night where they get a cake for you. Yeah. And it's like, is that what I want? Right. And uh, I don't think it is. And so another story, a guy that I worked with uh, when I first started the job, um, this is a sadder story, but he was probably like 20, 25 years into working the job, uh-huh. maybe five years away from retirement. Um, and like the month after we came home, working from home, uh, the news came out that he had died from a heart attack. Dang. And, or, uh, yeah, he had passed away. And I think about that and I think about all the years that he put into to working and like you work towards retirement, right? Yeah. And he put in a lot of hours for this company and 
worked his butt off and obviously was a great employee because he made it high up in the company. Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't get to retire. Yeah. And um, I just want, I just hope that like whatever my dreams are, the things that I want to do, I hope I don't like wait till, well, when I retire, I'm going to do that. Yeah. I want to have a, a, a way of making a living that I can do the things that I dream about. I can scratch things off my bucket list in my 20s and my 30s and my 40s. I don't have to wait till right. I'm 65 or whatever the age is going to be when we're when yeah. we get out there. But yeah. That's just my perspective on it. I'm in, but yours might change, yours might not. But Yeah, no, I... I'm gl- I'm glad you said that because after you said that first, I was like that you know that that definitely makes sense. Um, one thing that I think is kind of cool about today is there's a, a lot of different things you can do to make money, like things that you can do now that I didn't think would be possible like ten years ago. Yeah. Like for example, like kids like playing video games yeah. or becoming millionaires. Yeah off of just sitting in their rooms and just gaming yeah. uh so yeah there's definitely there's a lot of ways ways to do it today yeah. which i think is probably for the better yeah and i would say this that like obviously the whole video game thing people love bringing that up because it's like oh he's making money playing video games yeah but i think the reason why some of those kids and have become so successful uh is not necessarily because they're like really good at video games or whatever it is but i think it's because they legitimately love video games yeah and i think people are drawn to other people's passions so whatever that is if someone really loves something like you can make you can make a living out of it i have a friend from college she um she has started her she started her own business after graduating making coffee mugs hmm. and she's very talented at it right and she's an artist um but she uh I, she's she's very successful at it now like yeah. she's she's doing it full time i think she even has like an employee now like which is crazy to think yeah about. Oh, I just make coffee mugs and sell them on Instagram. Yeah. But that's what she does. And, but the thing I really appreciate about her, her name is Laura, mm-hmm. is that Laura legitimately loves making, making coffee, coffee mugs. mugs. Yeah. Like she loves it. And she, she makes other stuff too. But like, I, I really do believe that, like, I can go anywhere and get a coffee mug, but knowing that there's someone out there who like pours their passion into making this, yeah, it makes it different. To yeah, me. definitely. I and so, yeah, I think that to anyone listening, whatever it is that God has put in you or whatever, just whatever it is that you love doing, like I think that you should continue to do what you love doing because mm-hmm. people love watching people do what they love to right. do. Right, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's I feel like that's part of going back to like the whole video game thing is not only like like the reason why these people are popular like you said is because people watch them yeah like especially the way that uh twitch and just like streaming in general has blown up the past few years like it's it's opening a lot of doors for a lot of people that would not have been possible 10 years ago yeah um so yeah definitely i mean i love watching people 
yeah that love doing it sounds you know, crazy but when you watch it it's like wow this is entertaining yeah because who doesn't love to see someone like being happy doing yeah. something else yeah. you know no i totally agree man. yeah um well i didn't even realize this but we're almost an hour in so heck yeah um i do want to encourage you z like those questions are going to come and right um you know don't be afraid of those questions like and you don't have to have all the answers right now or even when you graduate. But I do think it is a good thing for you to um, let those things sit and meditate on those. And I know I, I have no doubt that you're going to find something and uh, you're going to be really good at it, whatever it is. So thanks, man. Thanks for coming here and uh, being a part of the show. Thanks for having me, dude. I'm glad we could we could finally do it. Yeah, we'll do it again sometime. Absolutely. Soon, well. Um, I love you, bro, and we'll probably talk more after this. Let's, I want to watch. Uh, you're invited. I'm gonna watch Russell Westbrook, Westbrook try and break Oscar Robertson's triple double record. Oh yeah, that's tonight. Matter. Yeah, I so we'll we'll see that. Well, awesome. Thanks again, man, for all of those listening. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back with more episodes soon. Have a great day.